Welcome back. You're here with Dave and Faisal on News Talk 770 and More Than Money. And, um, Faisal, we're going to talk about something that is near and dear to my heart <laughs> today, which is sleep. Oh, sleep. That's near and dear to you. Well, yeah, it I is can, near and dear to my see. heart because I'm a terrible sleeper for all kinds of reasons. Because you get so little, you need so much of it, right? <laughs> that's right. Oh. I'm a great napper, though. That's my saving grace. <laughs> that's my special superpower is, is napping. Is? Yeah, that's right. Super napper. <laughs> all right. <laughs> We've got Dr. Charles Samuels. He's a medical director of the Center for Sleep and Human Performance here in Calgary. Dr. Samuels, thanks for joining us. My pleasure. Okay. How important <laughs> is sleep? Um, it's, it's a good question. I mean, uh, it, it is important, but I, I don't like to overstate the importance of sleep um, because I think we're shifting in the last 10 years too far to one direction. But the fact is, sleep provides very specific um, recovery um, capacity for human beings. Um, and we should be aware of that because if we're noticing changes in things like our behavior, our concentration, mm-hmm. our memory, mm-hmm. maybe, and our appetite, it could be linked to the fact, as you say, not getting enough sleep or having poor quality sleep. Yeah, and there's a difference there, isn't there, between sure. getting enough and, and poor quality. Maybe, maybe just sort of explain that to us. Yep. Okay, so there's two ways that you can affect the sleep state, and what we say is that sleep forms the uh, foundation of recovery for human beings. So on a daily basis, every 24 hours, we as humans need to recover, and the foundation of that is sleep because our body has an opportunity to rest and regenerate, and there's a variety of different things that occur during that. So in the sleep state, Um, Each of us needs a certain amount, and most people aren't even aware of how much they need. And that average, we would speculate, is somewhere between 7.5 and 9 hours a night for most adults. Mm -hmm. And so if you get less than that, but it's good quality, there will be downstream negative effects over time. And those effects are, generally speaking, in cognition, so memory and concentration and behavior, but also in appetite as well. So our appetite can be driven towards high-calorie-dense foods as we get more sleep-deprived, even if we're getting good quality sleep. Mm. Then the other is that you could get the right amount of sleep. You know, some people who need eight get their eight hours, but they wake up feeling unrested. And that's because the quality of their sleep is poor. And they may have what we call a primary sleep disorder. The typical one would be, and what most people are aware of, is sleep apnea. I got my hand up. I've got that, unfortunately. (laughs) (laughs) And so you know that if you don't treat that, it doesn't matter how much you sleep, you still don't feel refreshed from your sleep, right? So what about the opposite, doctor? When we have people, like, and, and I'll take my case, I can't sleep 7.5 to 9 hours. You give me 6 hours, I'm good and I'm ready to go. It's, so it's, I, I, um, what's, is, is the quantity also um, more important than the quality? If you, can you get good 6 hours and you, you're up and off you go, is that, is that okay? Or am I going to start you know, having problems, like hopefully memory problems, I can forget Dave, but, <laughs> but beyond that, is that going to be another problem? <laughs> Um, well, I, there, there, again, there's two ways to look at that. You are actually very right. As long as the quality of sleep is good, for the most part, you'll do reasonably well. But that doesn't mean you're getting what you need. So what I find, especially in people in industries like yours, is, oh, I can get six and I'm fine. But that's actually not what you need. And so over time, 
there will be decrements in performance, which is my interest. So I'm interested in high-performing individuals. Our research is with all is funded by the Canadian Olympic Committee, so we deal with sleep and human performance in elite athletes. And prior to that, it was at the Calgary Police Service, and I'm doing a study with the RCMP now. Mm -hmm. So we're interested in, you know, what's the limit? Like, how far can you disturb sleep before you actually affect an officer's performance, for instance, under stressful circumstances, or an athlete? Um, So we know that performance can be affected and that people get away with, you know, six when they need seven, and they do fine. No problem. But it's all a performance issue. And again, so, you know, a guy who's retired, for instance, you know, he doesn't have to perform at the same level as when he was working in his industry. So he may not be aware of that decrement. So it's, it's a very subtle thing. So, so being a high performance athlete like myself, <laughs> oh, that's a good one. And, oh, you're not joking. No. And having sleep apnea, so and not getting eight hours solid a night. What 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 role does uh, taking a nap? Can is it true? Yeah. Can you take a twenty oh, minute nap? And is that does that have an impact? Your point is very well taken of how you manage your situation. One. In your industry, your sleep is disturbed because of your schedules, mm-hmm. generally speaking. Um, and so I'll see lots of people from the media because they're waking up at four, because they're on air or whatever. Um, and so over a career in that industry, lots of sleep disturbance. So the survival strategy is napping. And so that would be the same as a surgeon who's on call. Mm-hmm. So we are big, you know, we're big advocates of using napping as a recovery strategy. And in fact, my postdoctoral researcher focuses on the role of napping in elite athletes. And, um, and we have, and we give the athletes strategies for recovering sleep, especially when they're traveling, because travel affects their ability to get the sleep they need. So there's absolutely no question that napping is very important. So that, and it speaks to the quality of sleep too. So I'm interested in your what your research tells you or your experience tells you about if it's a you know a power nap of 20 or 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Can you actually get into REM sleep, which is sort of recoverable sleep? Well, actually, that's wrong. Just, oh. Sorry. Not to be disrespectful. Oh, no, that's fine. Oh, tell him, tell him. <laughs> I, I, I tell I need, him he's wrong I need all the to time. Know. I'm not. <laughs> so actually, that's a very important point to make because that's actually not what you want out of a nap. And oh. REM sleep is not recovery sleep. So, oh. yeah. So this is very important for, you know, the general public to understand is that sleep staging is complicated and people have great misunderstandings and myths around what sleep staging means. The bottom line is that when it comes to napping, the strategy is shorter is better, mm-hmm. and the focus should be around 30 minutes, so 20 to 30 minutes, like you say. And the point is that you want to keep it short so you don't enter into recovery sleep. So that's actually, you actually don't want that. If you need naps that exceed 30 minutes, so people will say, oh, when I nap, I have to nap for like two hours, that already tells me that the individual is chronically sleep-deprived. Right. So they need to be getting more sleep at night so that they can use napping as a good strategy. So that's important. So if you're napping, you are napping at 20 minutes. That means you're reasonably well slept overall, but you just need that little bit of catch-up. And that's the ideal method for, um, for napping. So now that we know that Dave's three-hour naps are not the right way of doing it. <laughs> Probably not. Well, you know what? I was attacked by the NHL on this issue because I think the pregame nap is really not good. Really? Yeah. And I... so, of course, that's part of the institution of hockey. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I was actually 
uh, there's a long article a number of years ago in the uh, Globe and Mail. I, I have it here, and um, the only one who supported me was Don Cherry on. <laughs> so I was quite happy. Um, but the whole idea of that three-hour pregame nap is really not a good idea. Um, but you know, you're not going to change the culture. Sure. Um, but physiologically, when we're dealing with the athletes, um, we would not at all recommend that kind of napping oh. prior to an event. Okay, so how do we get the best sleep possible now? What do we have to do? Well, bottom line, you mean in general for the general population? General population, yeah. Yeah, get rid of your phone. Huh? Absolutely get rid of your phones, your iPads, your computers, and everything. And everything's turned off at 8 o'clock. Watch TV, listen to music, read a book. That is the number one thing now that is. And even in this article from this uh, um, paper I was given on um, this study in Britain, you know, they, they point out very clearly that the issue here is technology. It's, it's going to keep me in business forever because <laughs> it's destroying people's sleep. Is it the blue light that's coming from that, or is it the fact that your mind just doesn't settle? Yeah, and so that's a really good point. It's both, and my feeling is that it's more the interaction with the device than the light that's more destructive, but that's my own opinion. Um, the fact is that light, the light exposure, does have a negative physiological effect. Now, you said 8 o'clock. Is that just a standard number you picked out? or yeah. is that Because I have an auto shut off on my phone, so no text messages, unless it's an emergency phone call that comes in, shuts off at 9 p.m., so I should move that to 8? Yeah, so my feeling, I, I'm very radical on this. My colleagues don't agree with me, but I have this feeling that we're all just too connected. So I sort of make, I draw a line in the sand and say, now, many of my colleagues say an hour before bedtime, but I I actually, you know, if I'm being interviewed, I say, you know what, we should all just be shutting down at 8 to 9 p.m., and that's enough. Hmm. I I, I agree with that. I mean, you can't, you got to settle your mind. Have you done that? Because you've got sleep apnea. You know me, I rarely answer my phone anyways. (laughs) (laughs) I do that all all day long. Because you don't know how to use it. I do that all day long. Yeah, right. so I, I think technology is the big one. And then the other is just, uh, you know, good behaviors during the day, you know, not too much caffeine. Nicotine is very bad for sleep, as is alcohol. Yeah. Very bad for sleep. Yeah, contrary to popular belief, Faisal, right. you can't have two martinis before you go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Uh, now i got to change that, too. I think, that's a good, I think that's a great place to leave it. <laughs> okay. Dr. Samuels, thank you very much for your My time pleasure. today. Yeah, you take care, guys. We've been doc- uh, sorry, joined by Dr. Charles Samuels. He's the medical director of the Center for Sleep and Human Performance uh, here in Calgary. Before we sign off on this segment, we've got an upcoming seminar. Yeah, how do you get a good sleep knowing your retirement is safe? How do you know you're going to have income for the rest of your life? And how do you profit and protect in these types of markets? We're going to talk about that on Tuesday, April 25th, 7 p.m. at the Oak Ridge Co-op Wine and Spirits. You need to reserve your seat, so please give us a call, 966-8400, 966-8400, or go to our website at morethanmoneyradio.com to register. After the break, we're going to explore the idea of why an expanded CPP could be dangerous. You're on News Talk 770 and More Than Money.